Good morning, church. Uh, this week, I was burdened uh, with wanting to offer something that would uh, help your soul rest. I've been thinking a lot about the message that I gave a couple weeks back on the uh, wilderness season that I think we're in, not just as individuals, uh, but a church and a culture. Uh, the wilderness, as we talked about, is that in-between place. And it's the place often where transformation happens, where like change happens. Uh, and it's where we get in touch with what's really going on inside. It's where so often the voice of God is loudest and where we're reminded of God's faithfulness. So with those two things in mind, naming what's going on inside, knowing where our heart and our soul are, and encountering God, encountering truth, I want to invite you to turn to Psalm 42. Uh, and before we get started, there's actually a little heading to Psalm 42. Uh, it says, for the director of music, a mascal of the sons of Korah. Now, I'm not going to take like 20 minutes and preach on the heading, but I want to point this one thing out. This heading implies that this psalm was probably used in public worship, and it was probably sung. Uh, most of the psalms were, were sung. Uh, the psalms are songs and poems. This was Jesus' prayer book and worship book. They were written to awaken and express the shape of uh, the emotional life of God's people. Poetry and singing exist because God made us with emotions, not just thoughts, and our emotions are massively important. The songs, uh, one writer says, are could basically could cut them up into two categories. They're gospel music, and they're the blues. They're ache and lament, and then they're just overflowing with joy that has actually been through it. And so the second thing to notice uh, in the heading is that the psalm is called a mascal. And now it's not clear what the word means, which is why most versions, including this one I'm reading, do not translate it at all. They just put the Hebrew word in there. And it comes from uh, the Hebrew verb that means to make someone wise or to instruct. So apply this idea to the Psalms. And what we have here is a song that instructs, which holds true with what we're about to dive into. So Psalm 42, if you're reading along, I'm going to start in verse three. My tears have been my food day and night. While people say to me all day long, where is your God? These things I remember as I pour out my soul. How I used to go to the house of God under the protection of the mighty one with shouts of joy and praise among the festive throng. Verse five, why my soul are you downcast? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God and I will yet praise him, my savior and my God. Let's pray together. Lord Jesus, if we haven't already, would you just help us to arrive? I think of all those listening in um, who, who know you, who have, uh, they haven't felt like this close to you, so aware of their own soul and spirit, Lord, so led by you in years that this season has just been transformational in so many ways, Lord, and we just give you thanks. And I think of those that um, find themselves in a place really of like desolation, like a dark night of the soul, feeling just disconnected, not just physically, not just socially, but spiritually, Lord. I think of everybody in between. Lord, I, I ask that over these next just few minutes, this really simple reflection, Lord, that you placed on my heart, that um, we would just be, uh, drawn close to you. Or you tell us that when we draw uh, close to you, you uh, draw close to us. 
that when we reach out, Lord, you are not like hard to find or somewhere else, that you're as close as our breath. All of these different reminders throughout your word of, Lord, your presence with us. And so I actually believe in this weird moment over an online broadcast on the, the couch that you might be sitting in or on the beach that you're sitting on or wherever you find yourself. Um, Lord, I pray, I pray, I pray, I pray, um, God, that you would just lift our spirits, that we would be reminded in a really deep, visceral um, way, Lord, of, uh, of your hope, God. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, we pray. So, the condition of the psalmist is downcast. He is brought low. Despair, despondency, and ache is something that I know a lot of us um, are familiar with in this moment. I really like the word downcast. I'm going to keep coming back to it because I think it is a great umbrella word for a lot of what we're feeling right now. It's really just this word that just means just feeling like down. I was on a call the other day with a friend just talking about just feeling like lazy. That word despondency came up in a couple of different iterations. I think a lot of us are just feeling this heaviness. And what the psalmist begins to do, this song that instructs, he begins to instruct actually his own soul. He instructs us, the, the listener or the singer of this psalm, to actually preach to your own soul. So if we're feeling downcast, what do we do about it? And this is what the instruction looks like. One, it's pour out your soul. He says, pour out your soul, which is an ancient way of saying, get in touch with how you feel. He is listening to the emotions that are in his heart. The psalmist understands that emotions are great indicators, but horrible captains. Like just because you feel something doesn't mean you have to be that thing. It's like the temperature gauge in a car. Like it's a really good thing. That indicator light goes on, but it goes on so that you can address it. It's not an invitation to just look like kindly at the indicator light that's just come on. This leads us right to then the second thing that he says in the Psalm, which is uh, self-dialogue. He, he, he invites us uh, to look at our, to ask a question of our own soul. Why is my soul downcast? I want you to notice something. He is not praying to God. He's not speaking to the reader. He's not speaking to, to you and I or to the singer. He's talking to himself. At, at first, he's just asking himself questions. This is gold. How often when we look at the ache in our own heart or when we're listening to the, to the voices in our head, in our soul, are we asking critical questions back of, of why am I feeling this way? To those of you who have a natural tendency to talk to yourself, like this psalm is for you. This actually happens elsewhere uh, in the next psalm. This happens twice in Psalm 42. In Psalm 43, 5, we see the same refrain. Why, my soul, are you downcast? Why are you disturbed within me? Not talking to God, talking to himself. Not talking to the reader, to the singer, talking to, them, to himself. Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him, my Savior and my God. 
The uh, 20th century preacher uh, Martin Lloyd-Jones says this. He says, quote, Have you realized that most of your unhappiness in life is due to the fact that you are listening to yourself instead of talking to yourself? That's good, right? Like the psalmist is talking to himself instead of letting his soul talk to him. He is reminding his soul of who God is and what he has done and what he will do. Your heart is worried. It's saying all sorts of things. It's telling me this is how it's always going to be, or it's telling me to quit, or it's quietly whispering despair. And the psalmist says, let me speak. This is what I know about who God is. He's not just remembering either. There's some sort of difference there between remembering what's good and actually speaking it over your life. In Psalm 116, the psalmist remembers and then speaks. Psalm 116.5 says, the Lord is gracious and righteous. Our God's full of compassion. So he's remembering these good things about God. He says, the Lord protects the unwary. When I was brought low, he saved me. And then in verse seven, here's the pivot. He says, return to your rest, my soul. He's remembering these things about God. And then he pivots and goes, hey, soul, Return to your rest, for the Lord has been good to you. Have you realized that most of your unhappiness is due to the fact that you are listening to yourself instead of talking to yourself? Now, this is wild, because this ancient practice that we're talking about, uh, that we're reading in ancient literature right now, is essentially being discovered, and I put that in quotes, by the uh, psychiatric community as a highly effective form of therapy. Modern counseling is increasingly leaning towards this sort of uh, like self-talk therapy to counter the negative self-talk that they are find emerges in almost every single one of us. You resonate with that. <laughs> so it's called cognitive behavioral therapy. It was founded and by founded, again, I mean in the same way like Columbus founded America, like by psychiatrist Aaron Beck in the 1960s. Uh, it focuses on modifying dysfunctional emotions, behaviors, and thoughts by basically kind of um, like interrogating and uprooting negative or irrational beliefs. Uh, it's, it's, uh, it's called like a solutions-oriented uh, type of therapy, which basically means it rests on the idea that thoughts and perceptions thoughts and perceptions influence behavior. So feeling distressed in some cases may distort your perception of reality. This type of counseling aims to identify like really harmful thoughts, assess whether they are an accurate depiction of reality, and if they're not, figure out some kind of strategies to challenge or to overcome them. So the emphasis is on what a person is telling themselves that might result in anxiety or being, in this case, downcast. A person's then encouraged to address like rational concern in a really practical way and then challenge these irrational beliefs or, uh, or like playing like the tape over and over and over in your head and turning everything into a catastrophe to challenge those things. So for example, if a person who's upset about being single might be encouraged to like take some very concrete measures, but also like to question any kind of like unnecessary negativity or uh, some unwarranted premise like I will be alone forever and, and that they kind of attach to the fact that they're just feeling upset. 
We could probably give a number of examples. If we took a moment right now, I'm sure you could search your own heart and soul for ways that this is true. Does this sound familiar? Does this sound familiar to Psalm 42? The difference here, of course, is that you don't have to first convince yourself in the Psalms. As a follower of Jesus, you don't have to first convince yourself that you're worthy. You don't have to first convince yourself that you're loved so you can challenge these other thoughts. You don't have to first convince yourself that you can change, that you don't need to fear death, that you're not alone. You don't need to try and convince yourself of these things based on some experience you may or may not have had. You can root these things in who God is and what he's done and what he said. And of course, there's another difference here from the psalmist to modern self-talk therapy is that God will often speak and confirm the true things we are saying to our own soul. Like it says in Romans 8, 16, it says, the spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. It's like God saying yes to your words that you're speaking to your own soul. In other words, there's an assurance. That's good. So back to Psalm 40 back to this instructional song. We're to pour out our soul, be in touch with our emotions. Every emo kid on the broadcast said, amen. Two, talk to yourself. Why are you so downcast? Question, interrogate those feelings. And then the third thing we read is that we are then to reorder our hopes. So if you're taking notes, number three, reorder your hope. It says, put your hope in God. Put your hope in God. This is what he says to his soul. He is redirecting what he puts his hope in. In Psalm 103, it says, forget not all God's benefits. Don't forget how good God is. And so personally, as a follower of Jesus, when I think about the cross, when I actually dwell on it, if you want a little peek into my prayer life, like when I dwell on the cross and remember this every day, I won't then dwell as much on my past or on my guilt. When I think about the spirit inside me and my sanctification, which by the way, is just a technical term for like God making us new and reconciling us like day by day as we allow it. Like when I think about the God who is with me and for me, then I know that I can change. I know that God can change me. When I think about my adoption, I can rest in God's love for me that God's taken me in. I can have a confidence in his unfailing love for me, which gives me wells and wells of love to be able to pour out on others, wells and wells of patience that combat my anger. When I think about the resurrection, I'm reminded that I do not need to fear death. Psalm 42, pour out your soul, question yourself, reorder your Hopes. And then the psalm says, for I will yet praise him, my savior and my God. I love this last line. It's like, it's like, I know I'll be back. It's like you're saying to yourself, I know I'll be back. I know this isn't the end of the story. I actually wonder how much even that part of his self-talk helped this uh, songwriter heal. It's like he's saying, I know I will give thanks even in this because I know who I am and I know whose I am. It's like he can see himself praising God. The most powerful testimonies, I'm thinking of this right now because the person who's shooting this right now, his wife got up uh, fairly recently and gave a testimony about just going through hardship. And those are always the most powerful testimonies because I remember her just standing up and expressing all of this 
this ache about so much of her condition and her health and things that have happened. And then it was just watching her give thanks still in the valley. I think praise actually sounds even better and is that much more healing and powerful when it's in the valley. When we know whose we are, it's like the writer can see himself praising God. So I wanna invite us right now. This is just a really short reflection. I wanted to invite us to take a little bit of time to, to kind of begin this self-talk process. Uh, if you have a journal, hopefully you have like a journal out or your notes app open on your phone. Take a minute to kind of jot these questions down and to wrestle with them. One, are you talking yourself out of the promises of God? Are you talking yourselves out of your purpose? Are you talking yourself out of who God says that you really are? Because God's given us everything we need. He has pronounced things over you. If you are here and a follower of Jesus, like he's pronounced things over you, who you are. Our worship team um, wrote these lyrics uh, in this song, For Your Love. And the lyrics go, you gave, you gave all that could be given. I love that. You gave all that could be given. It's yours. It's here. It's present. And so today you might just need to talk yourself into some reality. You might need to talk yourself into some realness. You might need to take control of that internal conversation. And so a, a prayer that I wanna offer you, some people call them like mantras, is sort of a modern way to put this, but just like a regular reflection and prayer, something that could just be as easy as breathing would be this, Christ in me, Christ in me. I've been given all that I need. Christ in me, I've been given all that I need. A prayer to speak to your soul. Jesus tells us in John 14, peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives, do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. You see it there again, right? Right? Like your, your part. Jesus knows that we can, we can let our hearts be troubled. We can let our hearts be troubled. Not anybody else is not what he's saying. We can let our hearts be troubled. He's telling his disciples before he's about to leave, like, you guys can let your hearts be troubled. He's not talking about external circumstances at all. Is your heart troubled? Is it a bit troubled right now? Pour out your soul, be real. Question it, why is it so downcast? Dialogue with yourself, as crazy as this sounds. Reorder your hopes, remind yourself of what is most true. And so right now, I actually wanna start this process together by rooting ourselves in gratitude and thanksgiving and praise. And Psalm 103, the writer says, again, talking to his soul, bless the Lord, O my soul. He tells his weary soul to praise and he tells his soul to give thanks. So right now, we're gonna take a moment to do that together. Jocelyn's gonna lead us.